Hey, this is Steve Bothney here on My Turning Point with where my special guest this week is Ozzy. That's right. The one, the only, Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, I don't even know what to say because what an incredible experience to have the great Ozzy Osbourne on here for a very special episode where he reminisces about his legendary guitarist, Randy Rhodes, how Randy changed his life and the turning points that came from working with Randy Rhodes on the Blizzard of Oz album and Diary of a Madman. For any music geeks, for any music historians, for anyone, this is a can't-miss conversation because it's Ozzy Osbourne. That's all I need to say. So I hope you enjoy as much as I did. Thanks. How you doing these days? I'm doing well. 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 Yeah, well, I mean, it's such a weird time and in general, but it's funny because I spoke with Marilyn Manson not long ago, and I know he was so disappointed that he guys didn't get to do the tour. I mean, he was really looking forward to it. Oh, I was, so, oh, I was but you know what? None of us can fucking I know. Well, that's what he said. It's funny because, you know, obviously the tour was canceled and then it would have had to be canceled anyway. So hopefully the one silver lining in, you know, for you in this time is that hopefully it's giving you time to rest up. So when shit opens back up. In a, in a, in a weird way, it's been a blessing in disguise and couldn't work anyway. Right. And I, and I can take my time getting, getting myself back together. Yeah, so what... fucking man. Well, when, when, you know, things finally open back up, whenever that is, 2021 or 2022, do you feel like you'll be ready to go back out on the road? I'm only laughing because, you know, I've done a thousand interviews during this pandemic and everyone says the same thing. You know, people are like, oh, I've, this is the longest I've ever been home in my life. Or they're like, like I was talking with Willie Nelson's son, Lucas, who I'm sure you know. And Lucas was saying that he spent the first four and a half months at home with mom and dad and they had dinner every night together at 530. So it's funny because a lot of artists who, you know, didn't know what to do with themselves have enjoyed the downtime. They have enjoyed. Uh, I've enjoyed it to a certain well, you know, it's interesting too because one of the things that I've spoken Yes. What I was going to say, one of the things that's interesting is I've spoken to so many artists who've, you know, put out reissues or, or had the time to go back and look at things that they would not normally have the time to do. And, you know, that ties in. I mean, I mean, I mean uh, what, what, what might be spoiled a little bit was everybody was like, oh, man, I've never been in locked in my house for three months in my life. Wow, it really has been that long. Yeah, my last good gig was the Forum on New Year's Eve, 2018. Wow. 
So is this the longest you've gone in your life without playing? Yeah, I'm fucking getting pissed. I'm not home. I don't know. It's a bit home. Well, at least you got to do the Blizzard of Oz reissue. And, yeah. and that's what I was getting at. And you got to celebrate the greatness that is Randy Rhodes, which is what we're talking about today. And I'm really excited. I, mean, I can't believe it's 40 years. 40 years of... It's not fucked, you know. But man, you, you know what's really even more weird? I was, I was with Sabbath for 10 years. And uh, people, you know, I'm, I'm not longing for the Sabbath years, which is almost 100, boy. But it's kind of getting different. I can't believe I was with really, it. Things are with Sabbath for a lot longer than 10 years. Well, that's interesting. I think it was the impact. I, I think it, it's, you know, look, the Beatles were together, what, eight years? <laughs> but it feels like they were together for a thousand because they changed the history of music. And look at what you did with Sabbath in 10 years. It's just so, you know, I mean, 40 years is really the right. Do not think 40 years to me at all. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem 40 years to me as a fan either. And it's funny because I got to speak with Tom Morello about this because Tom, you know, and I have been friends for a long time. And one of the things we bonded over is, well, his favorite guitarist of all time is Randy. That was his childhood hero, as was mine. Uh, I know that I'm jamming some. And Tom is a very, very nice man. I have the greatest respect for him. He's a lovely man. A great guy, great guitar player, and it was really oh, fun. It was fun for him to, you know, just geek out on this stuff. So, so for you, it's so interesting when you went back and, because look, artists never go back and listen to their own stuff because you're always thinking ahead. You're always looking to the next show. So for you, yeah. when you went back and listened to this package, were there things, and I know that in the documentary, there's a moment where you unearth our Randy solo that you didn't even know was there. So what was it like to hear new playing from Randy for the first time in, 30 something years, almost 40 years. Uh, I, I mean, Randy, Randy Rhodes was. Okay, okay. He was. He was. He was. Uh, I, I've met people in my life that sometimes. You know, I don't know how many years experience. When they pass, you can't think, well, you're not. You're you he was the, he was the, if anyone was a yes, who is the truest musician you ever was. He had to be Randy Rose. He had patience. He worked with me. He had a lot of patience with me. He had a lot of patience with me. He well, it's such an interesting thing, too, because as the story goes, you knew it was I the legend has it that you knew it was instant like that when you met him, it was just an instant. So when I met him, I heard him play, I was fucking out of my face. I remember saying something like Oh, 
And so he came back to my apartment in that and he was, he was only doing weight loss of 98 pounds. Little guy that was a dog. But boy, could he play the fucking guitar, man. What I mean for you, as you say, he was the truest musician you ever heard. What was it that made him different from everybody else? I mean, I mean you know, like, like, for instance, after Eddie Van Halen, God bless his soul, everybody in the in the eighties was doing that tap thing they tapping stuff, and now every solo in these hair bands is like, you know, but Randy would do that, but also he could play with you, you would. He wouldn't stand there, he would move to a, a bluesy field, into a, 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 a classic field. He was very, uh, he wouldn't, he was a very versatile player, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's interesting because for you, talk about as a musician, you know, here you have this guy. <clears throat> excuse me, who could, you know, you're coming from the metal background of Sabbath and obviously Blizzard of Oz, you're doing these great iconic metal songs, but here you have this guy who could also play classical. So talk about how that freed you up as a musician. I mean, it's really yeah, cool. You know, you, you know what, what, what happens to a lot of these, these metal bands? I fucking hate that term anyway. <laughs> but, but, but what happens to a lot of these metal bands is they Of course. And he would pick the other place up and get a classical guitar teacher to come around to his own cell and give him a classical guitar and that was Randy Robertson. So for you, as a musician, you know, when you're writing the music for Blizzard of Oz, you know, talk about how cool that was that you can, you know, and obviously I say, look, you know, I say metal, but obviously Sabbath, like Zeppelin, you know, was a band that could venture well, into... You know, it's, you know, it's, it's the Blizzard of Oz album. No, but the album was Blizzard of Oz. That's awesome. Still after all these years? I'll do it for the rest of my life. It's interesting because I talk about this with artists all the time and I won't keep you much longer at all. But, you know, one of the things that's interesting, right, is when you're making a record and especially, like you said, during that time, you and I have talked about this over the years. You're fucked up. You are off your tits. So it's like you're just making music. You're not really processing it because you're in the middle of it. Only when you go back. So... When you look back on it, do you have a different appreciation for Randy? Because, you know... No, 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 instinctively, I mean, you know... I mean, I've been in the game long enough, I've been in the game for 50 years ago, I know instinctively whether someone's fucking around or whether they're really good. And Randy was beyond really good. He fucking freaked me out. He was so good. <laughs> I couldn't believe his power was coming out such a, such a little man. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's so interesting when you say that he was... He was young. 
He's a little guy, but fuck can he play guitar. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's funny because you say, though, that, you know, he was one of those people that you feel are too good for this world. And I was just interviewing John Bon Jovi. And I'm sure you've known John for many years. And he was, yeah, and he was saying that when he hangs out with Paul McCartney, he jokes with him that John and George must have gone back to their planet, you know. And, and does it feel like to you that Randy was almost like, uh, you know, that, that he was almost... Oh, some people, oh, they sort of come in and they bounce both. They don't hang around. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because you and I have talked about this over the years, too. I mean, what do you think Randy would have been doing if he had lived? Because, like you said, he was you going... Know you know, the, I, I, I get that set questions all the time. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I don't know where he would be. I'm not going to say I would have been happy forever. Because on that last bus journey, he said to me, it was like 5 o'clock in the morning we were, um, we were sitting there. And he was doing this classical thing on the front of the bus. And he said to me, I want to quit rock and roll. I said, what? That's what you were doing. You're joking. He said, no. I said, no. He said, I experienced it. I know it's about now. I'm, I'm, I'm a success at that. I want, to, I want to get a degree. I want to go to UCLA and get a degree in classical. I said, fuck, you know what? Man, so he could have gone on to be a teacher, who knows, you know? I mean, we'll make these last two questions. Do you remember the first song that you heard him play? Yeah. The first song he wrote with me was was Goodbye to Romance. Uh, and I had the melody of what when he said, Well, I heard that song before. No, I said, the melody going, sit down and we'll work it out. So it was something then too, not only because it's it's funny, right? You know, you can play with someone, they can be awesome. It doesn't mean that you work well together, but so from what you're saying, you guys had the chemistry right away as well too. It wasn't just a... Yeah, I mean, he lived, we lived together. He, he, he came to live in my house in England. Uh, and then he came to live in my house in Manchester. And then he came to I was the fucking crazy guy, and I was had to come round from my last bounce of whatever the fuck I was doing. I'd very often wake up and he'd be sitting there having a, having a fucking classical lesson. One day, I'm coming round on the couch in his fucking apartment, and I heard him talking to someone, and I go, whatever the fuck say, he goes, bring my mom on. <laughs> and his mum was there, and I, so Goodbye to Romance was the first song that you wrote together, but do you remember what he played for your audition? Oh, no, no. He, uh, oh, no I, he, he, he says, I remember we were in the studio with Diana Strummy. You know Yeah. Oh, sorry? Yeah. No, no. Sadly, I never got to see him play live. I've only seen footage because the first time I saw you. You know, you know, you know, can you imagine where we would have been on if we had all these camera films on there? Back then. 
Yeah, I mean... No, I know. The first time I got to see you was 1984 at the Long Beach Arena with Motley Crue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I spoke with Tommy not long ago. He's a friend as well. And he was telling this great story about, you know, being... I remember that show so distinctly when you went up to the um, press box or whatever it was during the middle of Motley Crue's set and, you know, sort of like went up and waved to the crowd and everybody lost their shit. But it was funny because it was such a memorable show. Tommy was telling me, Tommy Lee was telling me that was the show where his parents first realized that, oh shit, you actually might be able to make a living at this because they were playing and all these people were actually responding to them. So it was a very iconic show for a lot of moments. But sadly for me, I never got to see Randy play live because I was just too young. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's so interesting because it's funny. This came up, right? Like I was like nine and 10 when Van Halen first came out and I got to interview Eddie, but long story short, you know, at the time kids are always like, oh, who's better, Zeppelin or Van Halen? And of course, kids would have the argument at the time, who's better? Eddie or Randy Rhodes, and of course, like you say, they were both iconic in their own. It was a very healthy rivalry between the two of them. That's interesting. I mean, and it's, but I'm sure it was also a very healthy respect as well. Well, I mean, Eddie's, Eddie was, Eddie was a really, I mentioned the 79 show, that was, well, sir, to say Eddie Grand it's like, Oh no, he was. And I mean, it's, it's a terrible loss. And I mean, it's interesting for you, you know, cause with him passing this week, does it make you, you know, cause again, I'm sure it brings up a lot of memories of those days and you know, that <laughs> Yeah. No, well, I mean, we won't talk about it because I appreciate you doing this. Because again, for me, when the Blizzard of Oz box set came out, it, it's you know, it allowed me to, as a fan, feel like, okay, cool, here's a perfect opportunity to go back and celebrate Randy. And it's funny, I'm not going to lie to you, for me, like, who grew up listening to your music, I think it's just so damn cool to have Randy Rhodes and Forbes. But you know what, you know, that, I mean, we should every fucking yeah so for you we'll make these uh we'll wrap up on this but i am curious i mean you know, since you mentioned Eddie, do you remember the first time you met him? I, that, 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 
so funny because I mean ACDC just announced a new record and I mean look you know what Brian Johnson did with that band was amazing as well and I'm not saying he's better than Bon but what that band did to be able to you know survive the death of a lead singer and go on was amazing oh yeah I mean, I see this, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just interesting because very few bands have been able to do that alright well you know I want to wrap up forward thinking yeah, Eddie was saying the same thing when I was looking back on our interview. He just liked it. To him, that stuff was harder. He preferred that era of ACDC. But wrapping up forward, so, I mean, because, again, we don't want to spend the whole time looking back. What is coming up for you? I mean, you've put out this. Is there new music on the... Ordinary man, I'm not going to currently write some new stuff, but I mean, all I can, all I can do is do what I do, you know, write stuff and make records. I have my own studio, but uh, I'm doing the actual work. It's not my band, but it's something to keep me going, you know. I mean, I've got all this time, I've got fucking you know what I'm going to do. Sorry, who's that? Yeah. Is there one artist that you would want to write songs with? Right. Cool. Well, it's always such a pleasure. It's such an honor, and I really appreciate you doing this because I was so excited. Yeah, I think we're good. But I mean, is there anything that you want to add? I didn't ask you about. Yeah, I am. Again, I was really, because again, you know, I was such a fan of Randy growing up. So to me, it's so cool to have you and Tom, you know, do this story where we get to put Randy Rhodes in Forbes. I just think that's so damn cool. Because who the hell would have ever thought you would see Randy Rhodes in Forbes? Okay. Cool. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great one. All right, Bye. Hey, this is Steve Balton, and what else is there to say? But you've been tuned into my turning point with Ozzy fucking Osbourne. Thanks. Mr. Crowley, one went on in your head. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 